but you have to give me a name and a title and a summary so I can run it by the audience or I could consider the matter. But if you tell me it could be anything, I don't know how to consider it. And yet that's exactly the, the feeling that we have. So what I'm going to say to you is come up with two, three titles. Say, I could talk about this, I could talk about that, and talk about the other thing. The reality is few people will want exactly what you came up with. Welcome to the Food for Thought Lunch Break with Steve Bookbinder podcast, the show that gives you things to think about when you're trying to make more sales without all the seriousness of conventional sales talks. Enjoy and learn as he makes fun of sales training, salespeople, and sales trainers, including himself, all while giving you battle-tested strategies that work. Now, here's your host, Steve Bookbinder. They say it's not what you know, it's who you know. Well, it's not really who you know, but who knows you. Well, let's take that a little bit further. It's not just who knows you, but how they met you. Today's question is, how do I make my meetings more memorable? And the short answer is, let them meet you at your best. Let me expand on that. First, let's take a deep step back and let's say you're starting a business, you're just getting it going, and maybe you're pre-customer, pre-any sale, or you're just in the beginnings, you're just starting to make it, and that's where you're grinding. And that's when you're at your best and you're hopefully your adrenaline is flowing and you're trying everything. And the biggest risk is that you're doing 50 things at once and you're not focused enough on any one of them to execute something to work perfectly. Remembering that it's not that you have to get everything right. In business, often we just have to get one thing right. If we could just get one thing right, we could build on that. And so when you think about it from that point of view, what's right? What makes what makes a day great? What's your best day? And this is certainly something I tell to people who are in the sales training business. But honestly, if you're in any kind of business, this would be true. So your best day? Well, of course, you know that a closed sale. Now, some people argue, actually, the day I received the check, I received the payment, the day the money clears, that's my best day. Okay, I would go with that. Receive the contract, that's a good day. The day I closed a sale, it's hard to argue that that's not at least a great day. But your second best day, what would that be? Well, I think your second best day is a day that you're opening a new opportunity. Because if there's a sales cycle that we can predict, We know that, let's say, in two or three months from the start date, we might expect a sale if the sale normally takes two or three months. But if we don't have anything starting today, there is some point in the future that we will not, we will not close a sale because we didn't start one today. It may be so far out in the future, we didn't realize the connection between that terrible day and today. But if we don't start something new today, we're not going to uh, close something at the end of our sales cycle. So that's a pretty good argument for at least a second best day. But what's your third best day where you're not actually meeting somebody for the first time? You're not, it's not a first appointment and you're not closing a sale. I'll tell you what it is. It's standing up in front of an audience of potential buyers and delivering a speech or delivering a presentation where you appear to be an expert. And not only do you appear to be an expert in terms of being a smart person in the right environment, 
But when you're delivering a speech in a business slash social environment, typically you're standing and everyone's seated. You may even be on a stage and everyone's seated. So literally, your head may be 10 feet over theirs. At that moment, even if they're actually taller than you, you look like a giant. There's some illusion. When you're on stage, you look tall. They look, they feel smaller than you. And so you look like this giant delivering a presentation that hopefully you're doing really well. Nothing can create a better first impression than that as long as you are nailing your presentation. I originally got the idea of standing up in front of a group of people from the National Speakers Association who tell us and famously have reported this number that if you stand in front of a group of potential customers and there's more than 10 people in the room, for every 10 people in the room, one of them will be a qualified lead. Well, I'll tell you something. I have spent my life trying to get on stage, trying to get in front of groups, trying to talk to people. And what I found is there's all kinds of groups, all kinds of opportunities, way more than I even suspected. But what's even better is that if you really focus on that presentation and nailing it, you can get numbers like mine, which is I'm going for that one out of 10 equals a qualified lead, but in fact, I'm finding that one out of five will buy. I hope your numbers are at least close to that, but I'll tell you that every single person in that room, even if they don't buy right away, even if they don't become an official lead right away, even if they don't agree to a first appointment right away, your opportunity to echo sell through them is tremendous, and you're more likely going to get that echo started if you're, in fact, impressing them when you first meet with them. So let's listen to the NSA, but let's also realize that in this particular case, as impressive as their claim is, you may actually experience even better results than that. It says to us that there's an importance among all the skills you could have an importance in two kinds of skills. One of them is classic and very old. And I hesitate to even tell you about any skill that's old because really anything you're doing that's more than five years old is always the risk that they don't do it anymore. It's not relevant because as you noticed, have you noticed that almost nothing in the world works today the same way as it worked more than five years ago? Once you go past five years ago, you're into the ancient past. And certainly if you go beyond that, you know, but there are public speaking skills that are classic. They're probably 10,000 years old or maybe older that are still critical. On the other hand, there are brand new social media skills, and we need both of those kind of communication skills, and we need them in, at a high level. So how do we do this? And what's the best way to go about what I just said? Well, let me give you some ideas. The first is this. When you get it in your head that you're going to stand in front of a group of people and present something, and you know you've got to nail the presentation, the normal temptation is to start with nothing and say, all right, let me come up with a title. Let me come up with a summary. Let me come up with a presentation. Let me practice it to death until I'm perfect. And then, and then I'll take it on the road. That kind of approach, which sounds right, it surely sounds right. But I'll tell you something from my experience. If you go that, down that road, you will spend a long time getting ready and you'll never actually ever get on stage. In fact, the key to improving is not practicing to death, but finally getting on stage, because only after you get on stage do you realize the kind of things that you need to focus on. You'll only get some of that when you do it on your own. So let's just consider that matter. So my suggestion to you is this. Start off with a title and start off with a broad summary. Why? 
Because the moment you go to someone and say to them, I'd like to speak in front of your group, and we'll talk in a moment what those groups might be, but the moment you talk to anybody about the possibility of standing up in front of their group and speaking, they'll say, well, what do you talk about? And you're going to want to say, well, I'll talk about anything. I'll talk about anything you want me to talk about. And they'll say, yeah, well, it depends on what you talk about because we only want you to talk about the thing you really do well. And if that's interesting to our audience, we'll let them know. But you have to give me a name and a title and a summary so I can run it by the audience or I could consider the matter. But if you tell me it could be anything, I don't know how to consider it. And yet that's exactly the, the feeling that we have. So what I'm going to say to you is come up with two, three titles. I could talk about this, I could talk about that, and talk about the other thing. The reality is few people will want exactly what you came up with. They'll all say, well, you know, I like that second topic you've picked, but could you do it this way or could you address it that way? Could you twist it? Could you tweak it? Could you spin it? How long are your normal presentation? Well, normally I talk for 30 minutes. Could you make it five minutes? How long is your normal presentation? I normally talk for eight minutes. Could you make it an hour? So they always want a lo- either longer or shorter, usually shorter. And they'll tweak it in some way, but they can't even really process it until you have some kind of a working title. So remember, my suggestion, whenever you're coming up with anything creative, is be aware of your time management issues associated with that and just come in with a working title. The working title is not that sexy marketing title that'll grab people's attention, but it's that literal title that accurately describes what it is, which you could later tweak into a more marketable version of it. So come up with a working title, come up with a summary, and then start to build up some bullet points about what you would actually talk about. All right. Now, who are you going to talk to about talking publicly? Well, There's all kinds of groups, and let me start with the easy ones. The first is this. There are industry trade organizations for practically every industry, no matter what it is. Famously, there are professional societies for the profession. So there's a legal society, and they come in every flavor, national, state, county. In the law area, there's also by specialty. So there's some 70 different bar associations just for lawyers, and that may be replicated in every state. Uh, Medical works the same way. There's national, the state, there's local, there's by practice. There's accounting the same way there. There's also, uh, and all of these associations offer some sort of continuing education, but what they also do is they structure themselves into committees And when they have a big committee, they call it a section. And the sections have heads, section head, and the committees have committee chairs. And these chairs and these heads are always, always, always looking for somebody to fill a speaking slot because they have breakfast meetings, they have lunch meetings, they have monthly meetings, they have semi-monthly meetings, they have annual meetings, and they're always looking for a speaker. And in fact, that's part of the way that they drum up the audience and they get people to come back all the time. And so they're literally looking for somebody to fill that agenda. So you want to make sure that you're talking not only to the assistant executive director of an organization who's in charge of marketing and events, so you could talk to them about events they're holding that you could possibly speak, but they even easier to land gig, which is speaking, talking to the committee head about their next meeting, and maybe standing up in front of 10 people. You don't need 100 people, but you need 10 people, but every one of those people who is in that section, you'll have picked because that group of people is, they're either all or practically all of them are qualified to buy from you. 
Well, every organization, every vertical, every industry has one of these trade organizations, not just law, medical, and accounting. So if you're in the electronic security business, if you're in professional placement, if you're a franchise, every kind of organization has at least one trade organization. So I want you to look them up. And when you do and you get in touch with them, what you'll find is that organizations tend to have two halves. They have an executive half. Those are the paid people that work at that organization. They may also have some volunteers, but there'll be a paid staff and there'll also be volunteer staff. And those are the members. And the members really outrank the paid staff. But in the paid staff area, they'll have an executive director and they'll have an assistant executive director in charge of marketing and events. That's the person that you want to go to. By the way, if you say to yourself, who has a list? Who has a list of all of these associations and societies and the actual executive directors and the assistant executive directors? How could I get my hands on such a list? What you need to do is get to the ASAE, the American Society of Association Executives. You see, every association in itself is a member of an association. They're all members of the ASAE because associations are all like each other and they're like each other in one uh, one or two respects. One is they're all trying to stay alive and the way they try to do that is they get members, they keep members. Get members and keep members. Get dues and keep the dues. Now, how do they get these members? Well, they have to market to these members. How do they keep them? They offer benefits. They bring to their members speakers. They bring to their members services which could be bought in a group level, in a group, you know, get a group discount. This is great if you're a member of a trade organization and you're an SMB organization. You may not have the money to buy the big uh, service or, or get the best deal, but if you work through the association, there's often an association group deal that allow you to do that. So associations are familiar with speaking, uh, speakers. If you do speak with them and you do get a chance to uh, speak in front of their audience, Know two things. One, you can't make it a commercial. You can't make it an infomercial. You have to air the other side. You are there to give information. Those aren't your customers. They're actually your customers' customers. So they're the association's customers. And so you really uh, you need to treat them uh, carefully. And if you violate the selling to them, making it too much like a commercial, you will get a lousy name and you won't get uh, many speeches. But if you could get up there and do a presentation and be interesting and hold people's attention and get people to show up because you're going to be speaking and you picked a topic that's right and one that you're knowledgeable about, then you have the opportunity of being on stage, making the most impressive first impression you could possibly make. And if you get introduced in that way to an audience, you are so much more likely to get them to reach out to you for inbound marketing. Or if you do follow up with them and you say who you are, they already know who you are. You know, one of the biggest challenges you have when you're meeting somebody new, especially if you're a new company, is you, you want to say, listen, you don't know me. I'm really credible. I mean, really credible. And you don't know the work I do, but it's really good. Really. I know a lot of people think they're good, but I'm even better. Saying those terms, no matter how you say it, is a lot less credible than the impression that you made that you really could be great when you're standing on stage. So find a way to do that. Now, so let me help you understand all the organizations out there that are just waiting for the speakers. Obviously, there are professional societies and associations, as I said. There are also industry trade organizations. There are also civic organizations, chambers of commerce, Rotary Clubs, Lions Clubs, all of these clubs are filled with members, many of whom are in business. So if you have a business-to-business -business sale, 
depending upon the actual vertical that you need to reach, you may find that a Lions Club or a Rotary Club actually is exactly right for you, especially if local is something that you need. And finally, sometimes a religious organization is exactly the right element for you. You can stand in front of them, and many religious organizations, regardless of the religion, will invite a speaker up for various occasions, and they only know to bring you in, and you only know that they're one of those organizations that do that if you reach out to them. So reach out to them. If you're going to cold call, not only cold call directly to potential customers, but reach out some of your cold calling to these various organizations, find your sweet spot, find a speech, get better at it, and you can become a speaker uh, that's always booked. And I promise you, you're going to get a lead flow that'll follow that. So let me summarize what I'm saying. When you're on stage and the audience is seated, you appear 10 feet tall. Nothing is a better way to meet people, except you've got to add the second part. You have to nail your presentation. So uh, reach out to uh, to me if you uh, want some tips on public speaking in this particular case. I certainly encourage you to do Toastmasters or any other kind of public speaking skill development that you can get a hold of. But I could tell you as somebody who's done a lot of public speaking in my life, the only way to really improve is doing a lot of public speaking. There is no shortcut to just doing a lot. And every so often you'll nail it and you'll kill it. And every so often somebody will give you a hard time on a day you're not ready. And that's when you learn the most. So you'll have both of those occasions. Four actions you can take this week. One, make a list of every organization that you could possibly speak in front of. There are nonprofits, there are profits, there are trade organizations, as we described. Make a list of all of them. Don't discount any of them until you meet with them and talk to them. It's very easy to be too quick in eliminating from possibility some group that might have been just right for you. Second of all, don't discount companies that are sort of borderline when you're new to public speaking because you need those opportunities to practice. So practice, make sure that your list includes the ones you're going to practice with. Three, follow the order of first creating a title, a working title, and a summary, but don't yet polish the presentation until you start to try to sell it. That's when they're going to give you specific instructions, and that's when you're going to start to tweak it and customize, and you really don't want to lose all your time creating something that you'll never end up using. You also want to keep adding to your titles, keep finding more organizations, because eventually somebody will say, yeah, I don't like that suggestion. You have another topic, and if you only have the one and they don't like that one, you're out. But if you, if you, Or if you've done that one already, and they go, what else do you have? You need the third, you need the fourth, so do that. And then finally, my last piece of advice for you for today, come back next week for more coaching from me. Until next time, remember, I'm Steve Bookbinder, your sales coach. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. Check out our free playbooks and our free training and coaching offerings on dmtraining.net. And contact me ASAP if I could help your team get more sales or help you have a more successful sales career. Thank you for listening to Food for Thought. To get your free sales playbook, visit dmtraining.net forward slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of Steve's jokes and helpful resources. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.